Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel, and on this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about various different things, about putting yourself forward. We've been talking a lot about what makes a great photo, the different points and those things that are within a photo. And today, what I thought I might talk about is talking about investing in yourself. When I say investing in yourself, is some of the best money you can spend on your photography is actually upskilling yourself and getting more confidence. So there's plenty of different places where you live. There's people offer all types of different courses. There's stuff online. There's there's one-to-one workshops. So if there's an area where you're struggling with your photography, you know, just like if you had a child or, you know, as a child you might have even had a tutor to help you with your maths or your English or something. So very similarly to having like a tutor, if you know the area that you're need some help in kind of getting a better understanding or or getting more proficient or getting more skills in, then why not think about going and getting someone who's an expert in that field to teach you those skills? Like I said, this is investing in yourself. So like I said, you spend a lot of money on your equipment, you spend a lot of money on lenses and, and stuff like that. So why not spend a bit of money on yourself and like I said, try and pick up your skill set in those areas where you might find challenging. And it's going to be for every different person, it's going to be something different. Like everyone's going to have the challenges they want to do. I mean, I recently put a, a question out on the Canon Collective and what people would like to, to, to get for Christmas. And people come back and go, I'd just like to have a good understanding of how the relationship of exposure and shutter speed and aperture and ISO and how these things all work. Some people st- still struggle to kind of put them, put all those concepts together. So, you know, you might understand the exposure triangle real well. So, you know, but there might be another area of your photography where you really want to know more about your photography. So, like I said, and there will be someone somewhere within your area offering some type of workshop or some type of course that you'll be able to go along to and get some tuition. Now, like I said, sometimes that tuition can be one-on-one. Sometimes it's in a group setting. And you've just got to try and find out what works for works best for you and what's actually available. And it, look, it might be the fact that too, it might be going watching some online stuff, which, you know, there's plenty of online stuff which pretty much covers every type of challenge that photographers have ever come across. Someone has tried to address it with a, with a YouTube clip and trying to obviously give um, some ideas on how to, to get through that, push through it and how to kind of, get on top of it so it's not such a big challenge and it's like all things like when we first start something new some of the stuff can seem quite daunting but once you start getting into it you start to realize that some of the stuff's not as hard as you first thought and sometimes you wonder oh, I wonder why I was just so worried about that when basically you know now I understand it better it's not actually that hard so like I said it's worth investing in yourself it's some of the best money you'll ever spend and I say to people rather than going and spending, upgrading to the next new camera that comes out, if you're not getting 100% of the creative output from that camera that you've got, so 
if the camera's not holding you back and it's yourself that's holding your photography back, then it's yourself that you should spend the money on, not the camera. So if you've got, you know, one of the, you know, any, any kind of recent, recently made camera in the last five years is going to give fantastic results. So if you're shooting for a camera that's five years or, or so, you're shooting with probably a really good piece of equipment. And for a lot of people, they won't actually get, they won't actually be, be using all the power of that camera. A lot of people, and, and, and it depends on the type of things you photograph as well. So like I said, if the camera is holding you back, then obviously moving to a, to a newer camera with more capabilities, that's actually going to be obviously help your photography. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. The case is, like I said, it's themselves holding them back and they always wonder where to spend the money. And like I said, you can't do any better than investing in yourself and putting that money into training yourself and getting some new skills. Now, the thing about it is too, sometimes you can't find exactly what you're looking for, but there's lots of different forums out there. So if you can't find something to help you in a particular area, jump on one of the forums and ask the question because someone else will have probably have the answer or probably have found something that's helped them in the past. And the other thing too is like, there's not one one size fits all in this situation because we all learn differently. Some people learn, you know, by by seeing it. Some people learn can can kind of pick it up by just reading it. Um, you know, some people need a multiple of hands-on and good descriptions and explanations to to grasp it. So depending on what type of you know what type of learning you do, you have to find the right fit. So you really have to find something that is going to give you everything you need to get from that information so you can obviously upskill yourself in that area. So we're talking about where the best place to invest in and for your photography. And like I said, I personally think investing in yourself is one of the best things you can do. Like I said, having the latest camera, having the latest lens, having the latest you know, carbon fibre tripod, they're all great things to have, but sometimes... They won't, your, your photography won't improve by just owning those things. You have to really understand how to use them and you have to understand the benefits of why, you know, if you're a sports photographer and you've got a camera that only shoots three and a half frames a second, the camera's probably going to hold you back. If you're shooting fast-moving sports and you've got a, a camera that can only shoot three and a half frames a second, that's going to, like I said, probably limit the type of shots you can get. If you bought a new modern camera that can, say, shoot, you know, 10 or 20 frames a second, that can actually open up some opportunities for you to capture some better images because obviously you've got more chances of capturing that, you know, that perfect moment. Because quite often, if like I said, if you've got a... You'll notice that cameras that are designed for sports typically have usually a large number for the number of frames they can catch per second. And that's the reason because obviously when you're photographing action sports and something happens... You want to try and capture all of it. And, you know, sometimes it's really, really hard, but it's all fastly happening in front of you. If you're just trying to take the perfect shot, just take a frame. That, that's why a lot of people will do a burst mode where they'll take multiple frames. And, yes, a lot of them are going to look very similar, but you can actually go backwards and forwards until you find that exact frame that's absolutely perfect and tells the story. So that, that would be a reason why someone might upgrade to a, to a camera. Is like I said, if they if the camera was holding them back, but for a lot of people, that's not going to be the case. 
It's just mm. simply going to be sometimes it's your confidence level and sometimes there's things you can do even outside of photography that can help you for confidence. Um, a lot of people struggle with public speaking and those types of things. So strangely enough, any, anything you can do that increases your confidence is probably going to make you a better photographer. So all those things you can do. So you might you know, find that the local TAFE or one of the local adult education colleges somewhere are offering you know, public speaking type courses. And even though it's not related to photography, some of the skills that you will learn in that can actually help your photography by being, like I said, confident, um, being able to approach a situation. And really, you know, public speaking is about having that confidence to, to get up on stage and to talk about something and not, not kind of feel overwhelmed by it, that you just push through and be able to actually do the speech or whatever it is that you're doing. Similarly, like when you go and shoot something with your camera, you want to be able to pick the camera up and go there and have the confidence to be able to shoot it and not have to worry about all the things that other things that could happen. Um, and a lot of people do worry about, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And majority of the time is those things never happen. But I know it's just human nature that people will go to that kind of, you know, what if mode. And what I say to people is you just need to basically get out there, get the confidence and shoot. So that's one area where possibly you could go and do something that's not that's totally outside of um, photography, but will help you with your actual photography. The other the other area too that can help you for your photography is particularly these days too. Like with a lot of photography now, I mean, it's becoming a situation where you do need to have a little bit of an idea of IT and computers and stuff like that. So for a lot of people, they haven't really used a computer too much before, maybe at work for doing processing orders or something. But once they got involved in photography, they started to have to use a computer more and more. And for a lot of people, that, that they can find that challenging. So it might be that you go out and you enrol yourself in a computer course. And one of the good things about you know, learning about computers and learning about you know drives and storage and, and different things, that can really help you with your workflow. Because once you understand how, you know, you can set things up to do this or set things up to do that, that can, like I said, can help you. And especially like with um, photography, storage becomes a big one as well as managing storage. So most, most computer kind of courses will touch on stuff like backing up stuff because obviously anything stored within a kind of electronic framework like Word documents or whether it be JPEG files, whatever, if you had a malfunction with the storage system that's storing them and that's the only place they're stored in obviously that's not a great result computers have always kind of been about having some type of redundancy and having some type of backup so backups have always been a something that always been done in the pc world and it's not you know some photographers are really really good with backing up their files and having them in multiple areas you know multiple drives or multiple platforms it might be on a cloud might be on a drive might be on a a USB stick or something like that as well. So they might have it stored around the place. Some people archive the actual cards that they shot on, whether it be the SD cards or compact flash or whatever card that goes in their camera. They might actually have that stored away as well as backup. So learning computer skills or up, upscaling your computer skills, again, it, this could be an area where you can actually help your photography by starting to understand more about how computers work and how stuff's stored and the things you can do as far as like backing up 
doing uh, automated backups where you can schedule things to happen in the background at a particular time, just as a lot of people do with their backup, like with their um, program upgrades for their different, you know, Windows does an upgrade. Some people got it set so it just does it automatically. So when an up, you know, an upgrade comes, they basically um, it downloads it and then in the background it starts installing it, and it just happens automatically. Similarly, with um, happens with people schedule their stuff like their computer scans. So if they're running antivirus software. And these days you kind of really do need to run antivirus software. There's so many people potentially wanting to get into your system to see what's in there. So again, you want to make sure that that runs on a regular basis just to make sure it cleans up and make sure that any any viruses that make their way onto your computer are picked up and dealt with before they actually cause you an issue. So again, just learning something like computer skills can come across, like I said, and can be invaluable to your photography because it helps you then be able to catalogue and manage and um, look after the image that you've, you've captured. Because once you've captured the image, it's not like a physical thing. Like a lot of people don't print images. So, and you know, even if you did print images, you're probably not going to print every every shot that you've taken as a kind of a an analogue backup. Most people print the ones that are kind of special and nearest and dearest. Um, but they don't print everything. But sometimes sometimes those other images are just are important as well. There's, there's sometimes things in there that happen and someone's goes, got to go back through their archive and pull out some images and um, they weren't super special at the time but they might take on new significance, like I said, in, with the passing of somebody or, or some other event. So in this episode we're talking about investing in yourself and, and where you can... Where, where you can improve, the things that you can actually improve in. Some of the things you can do too, which might, you know, some people can go off and there's, there's sometimes there's like camera care courses where you can go and learn how to actually care for your equipment, how to properly clean your lenses. Some people might even venture to, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're really brave, cleaning their own sensor. Cleaning sensors is something that I, I normally personally, I mean, I'm pretty confident technically you know, with most things, but I tend to leave things like sensor cleaning to people who do it every day. It's just too big of a, too big of a, I suppose, a, a situation to resolve if you mess it up or do something wrong. So some things, like I said, but people are happy to go off and learn some stuff about some basic camera maintenance and, um, you know, things like learning how to uh, micro-adjust your lenses. Like sometimes some camera manufacturers give you the ability to be able to micro-adjust the focus of a lens. So not, you know, all the lenses come out of a factory and they're all calibrated to a, to a point, and, but on different bodies they may behave differently. And like I said, some bodies um, will give you the ability to actually be able to, uh, like I said, micro-adjust the, the camera lens so it works better with that particular body. These are things that you can go out and probably, like I said, sometimes there's courses and or people may be able to teach you that skill so you can actually do it yourself and it gives you a bit more confidence because you know a bit more about your gear and that's another way like I said if you want to build your confidence and you want to invest in something just find out as much about your camera that you're currently shooting with just learn everything try and learn the ins and outs of it most people don't know um, you know they probably know 20% of the capabilities of their camera quite often there's features in there people aren't even aware of the more features that you're aware of when time comes that you might go, oh, that's right, I can use this feature because I know, I know about, I know how it works. Sometimes I talk about things like, 
you're shooting astro or you're shooting long exposures and you're trying to eliminate, especially with a long lens on the front of the camera, and you're trying to eliminate movement. So sometimes I'll use a mirror lockup if I'm using a DSLR. Um, not so relevant now when I'm shooting on the mirrorless platform because there is no mirror to move to cause any vibration, which is obviously pretty cool, but a lot of people um, are shooting still out there with the DSLR. So understanding where to find your mirror lockup options and how it actually operates so that, you know, for those people kind of listening and saying, why would you want to have mirror lockup? So the process is when you when you press the shutter, there's a number of things that happen. There's that um, before the shutter can open, the mirror that you'll be looking through the lens out at the subject has to move up out the way so that the um, shutter can have full clear view through the lens. And that's the majority of the sound, quite often the, some of the sound that you hear in the camera is the mirror f coming up and parking in position. And that's why you, you get the blackout in the viewfinder because while the mirror's up, the prism's not down, so you can't see through the lens until obviously the mirror drops back down. Then you've got, you got your optical pathways being restored so you can now see what's happening at the front of the camera. So just understanding these things in your camera about um, different things like that like I said, again, investing some time in just learning your equipment. You know, sometimes people will get a camera and they're doing a long exposure and they'll take a picture and they're doing a 30-second exposure and then they're waiting, but they're, they're kind of waiting 60 seconds and the camera's still busy and going, well, hang on, I only took a 30-second exposure. Why is the camera still busy? Sometimes, like, in the cameras, will come, they'll come turned on with um, long exposure compensation setup so we're basically what it does is when the you do a long exposure your chances are that if you've got some hot pixels on your sensor these pixels will actually um, show up in the image so some cameras what they'll do is you'll take your 30 second exposure it will then save that to the card but then it will take an then it will take another exposure turning the sensor on for 30 seconds but not opening the shutter and observing what happens so if there's some pixels that are hot what it tries to do is it tries to then correct in camera so that the final image um, is the best possible image again but this can throw people out but not understanding that feature and I've had many people on forums saying oh my camera I took it out last night to do some you know astro or I took it out to do some light trails and it's taking so long to do everything and people didn't realize they had that feature on and again you know, putting the time in to invest in learning about your gear, you know, like I said, spending some money, whether it be going get a course on, you know, there's some people will actually teach you about your camera. There's people advertise going for, if you've got a this particular brand of camera, someone will run a course which will take you through. There's also some online tutorials where some people will actually take you through the camera and kind of giving you a kind of a generic setup. You know, everyone's, everyone's setup's going to be slightly different, but a generic setup is probably, at least it makes you think about things that you mightn't have thought about before that you might have just left, been happy just to leave the camera set to its own devices at its default settings, and it's not always the best. Sometimes for the style of shooting you're doing, that mightn't be always the best options. And sometimes people get confused with different different um, modes and stuff like that, and... I've had people where, you know, on the cameras they've had picture-style modes and they've actually been shooting things like um, landscape, but the picture-style set to portrait. And the idea is that 
you know, the difference between a landscape shot and a portrait is going to be some subtle differences. So you need to kind of understand these things so you don't kind of accidentally, you know, been shooting away and you suddenly realise these pictures are too soft or they're not as sharp as you'd like them to be um, because of the mode that you've selected accidentally sometimes and not on purpose. So again, on this episode, we've been talking about investing in yourself, um, investing some money. Like I said, people spend a lot of money on the camera and just think about the some of the best money you'll ever spend for your photography is going out there and learning something new or even, you know, there's things like um, some some clubs and things offer and some of the organisations around offer things like critique nights where you can take a print along of uh, one of your images and professional judges will critique it and basically tell you what's strong in the image, what could be stronger, which is a fantastic feedback to understand. And it's a bit like we just did in the, in the Click Awards, which is now closed, but, you know, the reporting with the six points in every picture is going to give people that feedback. And But, again, there's other places where you might be able to go look for that feedback. I know that's kind of not going to be available to everyone, there is some online platforms where you can send photos through and get it critiqued and sometimes there's people who kind of do mentoring that you can pay them to mentor and they might, mightn't be in your area but you, you can send them photographs that you've taken and they'll critique those photographs. I'm, I'm you know, in the studio sometimes I have people come in who have bought a camera and they want to learn a bit more. I'll, I'll typically ask them when they come in to bring me a number of photographs that they've taken just whether or not they bring them on their iPad or their iPhone or whether they've actually got prints of them. And then I usually walk them through those pictures and, and you know, tell them what my thoughts are and on what I think's the strong elements and um, maybe what, what could be made stronger and then but also giving them suggestions on how it could be made stronger. And, you know, sometimes you see a great photo but it would have even – it would have been – a fantastic photo if it was taken just a little bit lower down and would just have more impact and that's the thing sometimes it's just um, people see something and they get excited and they want to capture it and they're in the heat of the moment they're you know grabbing the pitch shot because they don't want to miss it and they haven't just taken that little extra bit of time just to think about that maybe I need to drop on one knee to shoot this and get down lower and like I said these are things that like I said you have to learn. Everyone has to learn these things and it can take time. So, yeah, so where else maybe could you uh, invest in yourself other than in quit buying a new piece of equipment? Yep, courses are the easiest one, like I said. But even the other thing which you could do and think about this is going along and being kind of, I suppose, uh, an assistant on a, you know, if you can find a professional photographer in your area you might be able to offer to go along as an assistant, say, I'll carry the gear from the car for you, carry your light stands, carry your bags, carry whatever. If I can just be, if I can just stand back and observe how you work. So sometimes for people that's an easy way for people to see how other photographers work. And quite often some people, I mean, not everyone's going to let you do that, but there are photographers that do do it. I know photographers personally that will let people come along on a shoot who are kind of you know budding or enthusiast or up, upcoming or merging photographers who want to try and learn a bit more and you know try and learn this learn a few more skills 
to look at how other people do it. The other thing too is sometimes two things will happen when you're observing someone else working. It'll either reinforce the technique that you're doing is you're doing the right thing, but sometimes it, it'll show you that there's more than one way of doing it and that you're, what you're currently doing is working for you, but that may not work for everyone, so someone else may attack it in a slightly different way. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing that because, like I said, there's more than there's more than one way of doing things, and particularly in, in photography, there is, and there's a number of different ways of, you know, I was at something a few weeks ago when we were talking about just getting images off a camera, and my kind of go-to program is I plug the camera in by the USB cable. I use the software that comes with the camera to capture the images, uh, and I save them to the computer to go and work with. And the person, I was, oh, no, I never do that. I take the card out and I put the card into a card reader and then I download the images from the card reader. And again, which is right, which is wrong, both get the same results. Both you end up with the, the files on your computer, which you need. For me personally, I like the idea of, of not pulling the card in now. Every time you pull the card out, I just think there's potentially um, a chance of it getting damaged or you drop it on the floor or you know anything can happen. Some people, that's not a concern. Um, they're happy to pull the card out, put it in the card reader and put it back in the camera. So again, the two methods are both suitable methods and both work well, deliver good results. Which is better? I can't say one's better than the other. I just say the one that works for me is this particular way and but that may not work for everybody. And that's the, I suppose that's the thing about all of us. We're all different in the way we do things and we all sometimes when people do go off and do these exercises of working with someone they kind of think oh I've been doing it all wrong well maybe you haven't been doing it all wrong just like I said people do things differently it's exactly like sometimes when people are cooking they'll do their prep some people do the prep a different way and again but the, the the results are the finished product so like I said there's more than one way to get to that point and like I said, it's not a not that you've done it wrong, it's just that you've done it different. And I think that's in every aspect of life. There's something that people will attack differently. You know, I've got another podcast I do which is called Meet the Maker and it's interesting, predominantly I've had musicians on and they've been talking about the process of creating music and, you know, some people will write the melody and then they'll, they'll, they'll write the melody and then they'll make lyrics fit some people actually write the lyrics and then write a melody, which is right, which is wrong. Both both equally right because they both, you know, produce a, a great song at the end. But people get there at a different. They get there from different points. And again, it's just a different way of doing things. And for some of us, some things just feel right, and other things don't feel right. So do what feels right, and um, don't be kind of put off by what others might think in that situation. Anyway, on this episode, I've been flying solo. It's Steve Finkel from Photovision Focus. As always, we love hearing your feedback. So if you've got any feedback or you've got any suggestions for a show, please drop the comments in the, um, on, the, on the platform you're listening. And don't forget, if whatever platform you're on, make sure you subscribe or um, you know, make sure you follow us on social media. If you're in Australia... I encourage you to jump on over and join the Canon Collective if you're not already a member of the Canon Collective. It's a group of, um, it's one of the now probably one of the largest photography Facebook groups in Australia. 
and it's um, even though it says Canon Collective, you don't necessarily have to shoot with Canon, but it's a bunch of photographers who are love to share, and we have a range of different things. So it's good to kind of find a group of people who are passionate about photography and are happy to share. Anyway, until next time, happy shooting, really enjoy your photography, and thanks for listening. See ya. That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone. Thank you.